Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Surrounding me with love 
For to find a balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence Thank you for joining me here today on Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shemshai, and you can definitely check out more of Shemshai's work uh, through their website, which is www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com, and I really... I'm very grateful for them allowing me to use their work and their music on the show. And I want to extend a welcome to everybody here that's listening to us today. Um, Whether you've listened to the show and you're back because you like what we do here, or whether you're listening to us for the very first time. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, also known as Pair Encounters Network. And I welcome everybody listening through those channels as well. In addition to those that are catching our show as an archived version uh, through either YouTube, TuneIn.com, or iTunes. So uh, welcome to everybody, no matter what channel you're listening to. Here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is I look at the different ways that compassion exists in our lives, how to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. And some weeks I discuss different aspects of how compassion is in our life, how it affects our life, the different areas of compassion. Some weeks I'm doing more exercises and practical implementations. And then many times I've got really great guests on the show. So that way you get a chance to learn about their work, learn about how other things complement and work with compassion. And I also highlight different musical artists along the way. And and this year I've been doing all my musical artists with the turning of the year. And I've been blessed to have Jim and Ashley Cash on of Woven Green. They started us off at the... Um, uh, Spring Equinox, and then I had Angelia Grace, who called in from Ireland, beautiful voice there, and uh, that was early in May, and then we had um, Dragon's Head with uh, Daniel Ahn, who's actually the producer of our show here as well, and they had just finished touring. They were on at the summer solstice, and then this upcoming week from tomorrow, actually, because we're going to shift the show to Saturday, a little bit out of the ordinary, I have coming up Shashika Morut, and you're going to love her. She 
um, actually came out of Africa, but she is um, doing Indian music. And so it's going to be a really different twist and just all kinds of really fun musical artists that are coming on this year. So you'll have to keep watching for that. And uh, we do have, by some way, by the way, some shifts and changes that are going to go on with this show a little bit. And we're going to, I'm doing a lot of restructuring for those that know my work. You know, uh, those that have been listening know that I created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and that's available in our archives. As a matter of fact, today's guest, Kevin Baird, interviewed me. He did one of the very first interviews with me, and we did that Genesis Clearing Statement on his show when he was uh, with our main show there and when he was doing his own things as well. And then I've also authored four books, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and this companion workbook, which are based on relationships, and then Activating Compassion and this companion workbook. And then I'm a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine, which is in the process of coming out. So those that kind of know my work know where it's been, but I'm doing a little shift right now, and everything's in the process of being transferred over to the work that I'm in the process of doing, have been doing all throughout this year on kind of a quiet level, and has become and kind of taken over the main focus of my work, which is code interpretation. So actually getting into people's names and insights and the codes that are within names, um, and, it, and it's really, really interesting work. I did a show on it actually last week, so you can catch that. And I've got some interviews that are coming up that will involve it. As a matter of fact, I have an interview coming up with Lisa Bunk uh, this upcoming Thursday. So you'll want to watch my website for that link as well, and we'll be talking about codes on that show as well. And um, So you're going to watch for that. I'm actually going to be shifting the name out of Activating Compassion Radio into a new name, so you'll have that to look forward to as well in upcoming months. Just a reminder, if you do enjoy the show today, make certain you share it with people. I find that when I share with my connections, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever it is, but there's always somebody that comes through and says, oh, my gosh, I was just wanting to know about that, or this is a really interesting topic, and this sounds really groundbreaking, which is some of the responses I've gotten from people this past week about the show we're doing today, actually. So um, I know that there were some people very excited to listen in, and they can always listen in at the very same link that you use to get into the show in the archive, or they can catch it as a podcast on iTunes, tunein.com, through my YouTube channel. And if they go to my website, jessianmicholsgeorge1.com, there's a, a tab there for Main Street Universe. They can go to my page on the Main Street Universe and all the shows are archived there as well. So it's real easy to get to, whatever their preference is for it. Now, before we get started on everything, those that have listened in before know that I like to delve into a little thought for the week. And this also goes on my page of the Main Street universe tab on my website so you can go back and reflect on it throughout the week and this comes to us from a book called the 72 names of god technology for the soul it's by yehuda Berg, who's a kabbalah master and i i love yehuda's work because he works and presents very much in a similar way that i do which is um taking the big complex things and thoughts and topics and kind of bringing them into a more practical, everyday application into our lives. So as I I open today, the thought that we have for this week is called Recapturing the 
Sparks. That's the common name of God. And his initial little message on this says, when we find ourselves stuck in first gear, when our energy reserves are on empty, when we feel like our very life force is slowly being sapped, lost sparks of spiritual light can be regained and restored in our lives. And the insight that he gives on this is, when asked what they want most from life, people mention the following, happiness, joy, prosperity, peace of mind, wisdom, freedom, enlightenment, and purpose. What do these have in common? We can't touch them. We can't see them. They emit no aroma, nor do they have taste, weight, or color. But according to Kabbalah, all these intangible qualities can be expressed by a single word, light. And just as sunlight contains all the colors of the rainbow, spiritual light contains all the colors of fulfillment that a human being seeks throughout existence. And this resplendent spiritual light permeates all reality. But there's one problem. As we've discussed, negative actions can create negative effects. Every day, we consciously or unconsciously react to ego-based desires and instincts. Each reaction creates a new negative force that robs us of our light. And these forces are very real, despite what our egos might tell us. These dark entities have no life of their own. They subsist off our energy. We nourish them each time we display selfishness, intolerance, anger, fear, or any other reactive trait. As their power grows stronger, our lives grow progressively darker. Now, the meditation that he gives on this is, shards of light are drawn out of the destructive entities that reside within your being. Their life force is cut off, and you are replenished with divine energy. Life grows brighter each and every day. Billions of sacred sparks return to their source, your soul. So that's our thought. The common name, again, is Recapturing the Sparks. And um, the formal name is Yud Lamed Yud. That's Yud Lamed Yud. That means Recapturing the Sparks. Again, you can go back and reflect on that on my page of the Main Street Universe tab throughout the, uh, the week. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because our guests today, we're dealing with spiritual energy today. We're dealing with being able to connect with spirit presence. And I think you're going to find this really interesting. So I'm going to give you a little thought here before we go on break and uh, kind of get you into, I don't know, the thinking mode of, of where we're headed or a piece of where we're headed today anyways. And uh, let's fill in and see what we've got today. Have you ever wondered if spirits are actually communicating with us? And have you ever wondered if they are actually trying to converse with us? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to know how a conversation with a spirit friend would work? Now, all of this might sound a bit far-fetched for many. And after all, that is like being able to prove that aliens exist even when we can't see them. Although there are many that are certain that indeed we have spirits all around us and they are indeed trying to communicate. So 
but we are unable to communicate with them in a way to understand what they are trying to get through to us. And there's also many shows out there that are focused on the paranormal and proving the existence of spirits in our world. However, given that mostly we see it on TV and have learned that so much is fabricated along the way, there's also a lot of skepticism. And there are even those shows that are set on showing what is fake and what might be real. I remember as a child, I used to have ghost friends. And I was able to see ghost-like apparitions or feel the presence of spirits whenever I wanted to. And the house that I grew up in was haunted. And they connected with me constantly. I mean, I, I remember there was one lady that used to walk the hallway and I could just about time my clock when she would pass through and look in my doorway every night. Well, Kevin Baird is one person that's actually found a way to prove the presence of spirits. And in addition, he's also created a way to have sort of conversations with them through a device that he calls New Companion. And in his work in this area, he now has a way to communicate with the spirits that choose to visit him. And this is really interesting to think about because this is a way of bridging the gaps between worlds and space and time. And it's also a way of knowing more about what shares our spaces. Now, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. And personally, I'm not pro-keeping spirits here on Earth, <laughs> okay? But I can also see the value of being able to understand more about what is around us and to communicate with those that choose to come and go at will. And I also see that this could be a value for helping spirits that uh, move on that are stuck as well. So I think there's a lot of value in, in what Kevin is doing here. And there's no question to me that this can lead to all kinds of questions about ethics and what can we do with this and the type of information that he's presenting here. And it also beckons the possibility of if we can have actual conversations with spirits and what else might be possible, say, with extraterrestrials or, you know, it makes one ponder the possibilities that could branch off of this. How would you feel about being able to communicate with spirits around you? And would you want to communicate and know the energies present and sharing your spaces with you? And how would you use a tool like New Companion if you had one? Lots to think about there as we get ready to head on break. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to having Kevin on. So this week what we're doing is we're focusing on a component of compassion related to the aspect in my book, so finding your truth. And this reminds us that we all have something to share with the world and that we are creators expressing that through different forms. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I'm going to have Kevin Baird with me. He's going to be sharing his creation, New Companion. And the song I have for you during our break is called Walking Down the Road Again. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you would like to find out more about her or connect with more of her music, you can definitely do so at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Walking down the road again 
Welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin called Walking Down the Road Again, and uh, we definitely appreciate Claire allowing us to use her music on the show here. And you can check out more of her music and what she's doing through her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And I'm really excited to get on with bringing my guest on today because some of you might remember, as I said, Kevin Barrett, he um, was doing his own show here on the network, and I'm always looking, is he going to come back? (laughs) Is he going to do his own show again? And that's who I have with me as my guest today because he's been working on a really cool creation of his. Um, 
and I've been kind of watching that and following that, and, and I said, yeah, look, we got to get Kevin on the show. <laughs> we got to get him here. So he is, by the way, the creator of New Companion, and Kevin has been involved in the metaphysical and paranormal arenas for decades. He's a psychic medium, spirit communicator, and has created the Horizon Oracle Journeys deck, a divination deck for seeing life processes. And it's a very cool deck, by the way. I have to mention that. It's, it's very cool to work with. The new companion, though, is a device that reacts to magnetic fields that are out of the ordinary. And Kevin has developed this as a means for being able to communicate with spirits and energies in our earth plane. And he sees it as a way to monitor energy activity. And today we're looking at Kevin's work with the new companion, and you can learn more about his work and uh, about the new companion that he's created at www.newcompanion.com. That's N-U-C-O-M-P-A-N-I-O-N.com. And Kevin, welcome to Activating Compassion Radio. It's so great to have you on as a guest. Hello, and thank you. And you know this is this is a treat because I was talking with you earlier and I was like, man, it's been a long time <laughs> since I've had the, the opportunity to talk with you and to connect with you. So I'm I'm really glad that we could do this show today. Thank you, thank you. I had someone refer to me equally right in the oh Kevin, you've been missing. Where have you been? Thing is comparing me to Haley's comment where I go out connect with the other side of the universe and then come back around again and light up the sky for a little while until I slip away on some other kind of project and get things going again and then come back around again. So here I am looking to light up the sky for as long as I can until I pick up the next project. But I think the new companion will probably be with me for some time. I think it was my destiny really since birth maybe i don't know but you know as you were talking before about the horizon oracle which is a 111 deck image or image deck that i created for doing divination i worked with the tarot for like 10 years but it got to the point to where the information that was coming through was i would say elementary you know as far as my standards go and that everybody has their own world that they live in and and that I what I was doing when I would read the tarot is that I would lay out some three and four cards at a time just to get a single word message that would come through as a part of divination and I was feeling like there's got to be something that's a little more complicated and I explored the hundreds of decks that are out there I even went to like tarot.com and tarotreader.com and all those there's like gazillions of tarot decks that are out there and Native American decks and spirit decks and oracle decks and, you know, angel decks and dolphin decks and all that, right? And I'm like, I got to make my own. So I sat out or set out, right, and went and came up. It took me about two years to do, and I did it while I was working as a reader at Six and Stones in Annandale, Virginia, and that I think they're still there, even though I'm out in the Midwest now. And I also want to just give everybody a heads up that we got some horrendous storms last week and that they're clearing branches and everything and that I'm prone to a, a power failure here or there. So if I get cut off, it might be because, you know, the 
Vebco is working on, or Pepco, or Illinois Co., which is where I am, is working on trying to get the power line systems working better or whatever. But back when I was in Virginia, I sat, you know, at my reader table in between client sessions and worked on building my my Horizon Oracle deck, and I worked with Dr. Bubbles there. For those of you who know who Bubbles is, if you've been to Sticks and Stones, she helped me with a lot of it. She was a very informed individual and also a reader, too, and I got her to give me her interpretation, like I would draw the image, and then she would say, oh, well, I'm getting the message of X, Y, or Z, and I'm like, that's exactly what I was trying to communicate, so... I knew that I was in the right path, and because she helped me so much that I gave her my pilot sort of like crib book where I just went, you know, where I spent the entire months and weeks drawing images that would come to me, whether I was at a crossroads, you know, like at an intersection or I was in a shopping mall or I was working on a computer problem because I was an IT professional for most of my life also during the day and then nights and weekends I would go and be a you know a medium consultant for people who were seeking spiritual messages but I came up with 111 images well also during that time I was into paranormal investigations and a lot of technologies were coming out and one primarily that really stuck with me was the K2 device which is a uh, a sort of like a little LED gray looking kind of like Star Trek scanner kind of thing that has five LEDs on it. It has two green, a yellow, an amber, and a red. And depending on the power in the in the little area that you're in is how much energy is being read. Well, there were paranormal investigators that were using this to communicate with spirits. And me being a medium, and that I can half hear what spirits are trying to communicate just through psychic ability. You know, when we're asleep, that the language that we communicate with, or that the language that we, or like the dreams that we see, is the language of spirit, right? The images and the things that we experience. And I don't know that we've paid attention to ever smelling, you know, coffee you know, being brewed or smelling flowers of a garden while in a dream or something. I don't know that I've ever smelled anything in a dream, but, you know, seeing flowers and seeing butterflies and birds and planes and UFOs and houses and people and canoes and rivers and waterfalls and lakes and everything, those are all images that come through as a universal language that all conscious, you know, elements or entities can communicate with. And when we're awake, we communicate with, you know, spoken word and the other languages from lexicons that we've come up with over the years. Well, with those people, the paranormal investigators trying to use the K2 device, the flickering device that lets you know when powers are fluctuating in the area, they were trying to get yes-no answers, are you a man, are you a woman, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you going to answer yes to my question, no to my question, that kind of thing? And that was just frustrating for me. So I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Well, prior to that, about 2004, when I was just getting into working 
out in the public and not doing just private readings for people here and there, I had a dream about a device that had two crystals that were rotating in different directions and that there was like this big computer board that had all these microchips on it and the the title uh, I saw in clear words were jump gate or jump gate key or something like that to open a vortex or whatever but I wasn't sure what it was but I saw it so vividly and it was so evident that the next morning when I woke up, I went to my art program on my computer and recreated it. And then if you go out to my website, you know, over there at templeofgaia.com or newcompanion.com or find me on Facebook, I have, and even out on Twitter, the, you know, new, uh, twitter.com slash newcompanion, I have images out there of the things that have happened to me over the years that I realized as a part of just my journey, like, before I started working on the divination deck, the Horizon Oracle, I got I had this dream about this device. Well, I didn't know what to do with it, but I went and I drew it, created it, painted it, and you know, on the computer, however I could, you know, best create it, printed it out, and then filed it away in some obscure place. Wow. It was just, um, you know, frustrating that I couldn't automatically go and just make it and then what would it create what would it make right I'll pause there for a minute Jesse let you get a word in yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's, it's fascinating to think about this and I think of how many times people do have like these really vivid dreams and things like that, but then they don't take and they don't write down or, or, you know, take the time to do what you did with this project and start to put it in motion. I think so many people just dismiss that dream in there. And, um, you know, to make this connection and say, okay, there's something to this. And and I can relate to, to that because I've been doing a lot of that with the direction I've been heading, going, okay, there's something to this, but I know there's something more. And then I've been working with Steph all year long, and it's like, okay, yeah, this is on target. This is what I'm meant to do. But um, it really interests me because you do have this kind of diverse background, and it's like it all came together with this project for you. Yeah, I would say that it, it imploded to a singularity maybe. You know, and that you can Google all those words that I just said. Singularity is like a single point of energy that has an, an endless supply of energy once it's been able to go to a finite point in, in the you know in the universe. But when I was yeah, when I was working out at Esoterica, and this was before I was at at um, Sticks and Stones when I was at Esoterica of Leesburg and they were formerly known as let's see gosh I can't remember now it was like the, the I was friends with the people who owned it before and I'll think of the name later right but um, Esoterica with Lily Eden I was there as one of their primary readers for like some 10 years well as I was working 
reading the tarot, and I started using the Robin Wood, R-O-B-I-N-W-O-O-D deck. It was it's a, a Celtic theme deck. I just had profound connections as a part of using that tarot deck. So much so that I got to the point to where I could start communicating with people who had passed away. Now, I always found receiving messages from people who had passed away sort of problematic because is that my mind making it up or are they really trying to communicate with me? Are they using my words that are in my head? Are they using the words that are in their head wherever their head is? I always struggled with that. But as a kid, I was raised up in a Pentecostal church to where the members, the church members, would speak in tongues, where they would just say, ah, ba-ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, kind of thing, right? And for you people who know about Pentecostal churches, you know right what I'm talking about. And then later, you know, where people would just be humming, uh, you know, a church tune or something like that, that someone else later would come back in and have a translation in English. Well, the thing is, living in a podunk town to where people barely spoke, you know, regular English, let alone any kind of foreign language, I always struggled with, is this a true interpretation? Well, as I started reading, you know, probably like 20 years later, as a, you know, just a professional psychic medium, that my I decided to let that channel, that, that Pentecostal speaking in tongues channel, have its way with me. So there was one session that I had with a client, my, I call it my first session ever, where first it started out in the morning where this young lady came to me and sat with me for a client session for about a half an hour, and she thanked me and then left. And then she came back later that afternoon and brought her mom. And she's like, Kevin, this is my mom, and and you know, just just basic introductions, that kind of stuff. And as I was starting to read, and that the mom was just saying, you know, I'm not too much of a believer in this stuff. That you know, it's just go ahead and let's see what we get or whatever. And I just started reading about a few things. You know, just like, oh, I see that. You know, you got things coming up in business and that maybe you got a granddaughter around the corner or something like that that's about to be born. But then I started getting that stick in my throat where it's that Pentecostal, you know, yodel thing that started to talk to me. But I really couldn't say it, so I decided to write it down phonetically. And I kept little note cards there just to make notes if I wanted to draw something or whatever. So I went ahead and wrote down what I got and I said, you know, I'm I showed the lady, I said, I'm was invited or like some part of spirit told me to write this thing down for you to to read it and that was like some kind of message for you. And I said, Take a second and look at it and she looked at it and she's like, That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever and then the daughter looks at it and doesn't make any sense to the daughter and they come back and I said, back to the mom, I pushed the piece of paper back to the mom and I said Read it phonetically in your language. And she's like, all right, I'll try. So 
she's looking at it, and then it's sort of like she freezes a little bit. Like she's trying to really, really hard to get in to see what it is that it's doing. And then the daughter looks at me smiling like, you know, thank you for sitting with my mom. And, you know, she wasn't saying anything, just, you know, the, the facial expressions that go back and forth while you're waiting for someone else to take an action. Right. And it, yeah, and it was she. The mom just kept staring at the piece of paper, and then hmm. the, the the daughter looks at the mom, and then the daughter looks at me, and then starts to panic a little bit, like my mom isn't doing anything. Apparently, the mom had an issue that the daughter brought her to see me for, and that might have been rising up. So the daughter puts the her hand on the arm of the mom and the mom still doesn't respond and the mom's like in suspended animation basically and like in a trance kind of thing and I was starting to panic too because I didn't know what was going on and like this was the first experience for me writing down this phonetical kind of stuff and then the daughter says mom and the mom didn't respond and then the daughter says something like in Chinese it's like Right, and then the mom comes back with, <laughs> you know, and then the daughter's like, and then the mom is, and then the daughter back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you people talking about? It's like the whole room <laughs> went quiet right there, um, just because we had other readers and tables and clients that had come in to sit and whatever. And the daughter, and the mom holds the hand to the daughter saying, shh, and then. The mom comes to me and says, Kevin, this is amazing, I have to tell you. She said, I want you to know that about three months ago, my twin sister passed away. And six months ago, back in January, and that it's it's almost like to the day that this happened, however many years ago, she said six months ago, before she died, she told me to not worry and that she was going to a better place and to not be sad. Don't be sad. I'm going to a better place. Well, what I had written in her language phonetically was this this daughter's mom's name, which was Noi, and then phonetically in their language, why are you still sad? In their language, phonetically. So that... Validated for me that I was able to actually get stuff from people who had passed away that I had no clue what it meant, but the people who were sitting with me knew and translated it for me. So as I worked with that phenomena following those that day through the years, I got a feel for, you know how whenever you get a feel like, you know, like you want, I don't know, like you're going to be hungry or you're going to be sick or that you that you feel like somebody's going to be calling you or whatever. It's that notion thing, right? But it's almost like something wells up inside of you that is just like a second voice, a second message source or something that right. just opens up and starts communicating and sharing things and that kind of stuff. And that's what I tapped into to build the new companion. And I'll stop and there for a second. Is, 
Yeah, this is really interesting because um, I think when you are creating things and you are bringing in this information, whether somebody calls it channeling or whatever they want to call it, um, that you do hit those periods of doubt, that you do hit those periods where you're like, uh, where is this coming from? Am I really getting this? Is this really valid? Is this is this real stuff here? And, you know, to get that validation. And I think that any time we really start to get onto our path and we're in this creator space and we're developing and we're running in this alignment with something that we're really supposed to bring into the world, you do go into this other kind of trance-like space in it. Um, I've experienced that same thing in my own work, and and somebody goes, now what did you tell me about this? And I'm like, I have no idea, because it was all, it just flowed through (laughs) when I was in front of you. You know, I can't go back and recall all of that immediately, but like you say, it's a space, it's a type of energy that you tap into with this. Yeah, it's sort of like asking a bridge, right, that is standing over a river to repeat all the things that had passed beneath it. Right. Right. Well, come, you know, full full circle or forward 10 years in, in my career out in the world, right, as a psychic professional working at Esoterica, I started doing home readings at at home. Well, I, you know, where phone readings would come in, I just set up like, you know, little like PayPal buttons on my website for people to go to and just sign up for a reading. Well, I had a couple of clients who used to go and see me at the store in Virginia, but they ended up moving away. They moved out to L.A. or something but they still wanted to have readings with me. So I had this one client that was a regular client, you know, through the years at Esoterica, but, you know, would go on about every quarter, every four months or six months would call me and say, all right, time for me to have a session. Well, she decided that she would have her sister call me. So her sister calls, and this is another one of those channeling stories, her sister calls and says, um, you know, I need to know about school that's coming up and I'm, am I on the right degree program and and will I pass the bar and, and what do I need to worry about and who's what will my husband be like and how will he be happy or whatever kind of stuff. And then I started getting that, you know, foreign language tickle again and I said, do you speak a foreign language, and she said yes, and she didn't say what it was. And I said, somebody is saying, like, you know, or something, and and she said, okay. And then I didn't say anything, and she didn't say anything, and then I said, well, what did I say? And she said, well, you told me that I'm going to hell in my language. I'm like, whoa, I'm sure that whoever it is that's trying to communicate did not want to tell you that you're going to hell and that there's more to the message. And I said, well, hold on, there is more information coming through. 
And I got something like Rahuda Amara Hishuda Haa or something like that. I'm trying to remember to the best of my ability. And she's like, oh my gosh. It's like that is what my uncle does for a living. He imports and exports certain kinds of supplies and, and stocks and everything. I'm like, wow, 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 okay. And she's like, oh, I know who it is that's telling me that I'm going to be going to hell. It's like my aunt. She said, before my aunt passed away, she invited me to come to her house for dinner or for lunch and to talk about how she was worried about going to hell. And then she passed away for whatever reason. And the, But the lady didn't tell me why the aunt or what caused the aunt to pass away. And I said, well, apparently your aunt is still worried about going to hell and that you just need to say things like, you know, positive blessings and that kind of stuff, you know, it's, you know, just to help her feel better about wherever it is that she's at. And I said, well, just start saying the prayers in your language about, you know, how wonderful you are and that she was really upset that, you know, her aunt was was stuck in, in between two places. So she just starts, you know, saying, you know, like, you're wonder, but in, in her language, just like a prayer for, you know, Muslim, it was Farsi and that kind of thing. Muslim, you know, and then she started crying a little bit, whimpering a little bit, and I let her go on, and then uh, she paused, and I guess waited for me to say something. And then her aunt says something um, through the language, and I'm sort of connecting to the channel now as I'm trying to explain it at the same time. The the aunt says, Huda Midash, or something like that, right? And the lady exploded crying. I, she could not catch her breath. I could hear her sister yelling at her in the background, what is going on? In their language, I could tell by the tone that she was puzzled as to why the 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 sister was, you know, crying like that. And then the other sister in the background, I could hear her starting to cry, and then the two of them are crying right there. I'm like, what is going on? And she said, you told me... You told me in my language, I kiss your face. So her aunt heard her prayers saying how wonderful she is and that she responded in her language saying, I kiss your face. And what blew me away was that I was able to articulate to the best of my, you know, English-only, you know, language base the you know the the positive message coming to the 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 client that, that was there and they thanked me thank you very much and yada yada and that we it ended I'm not going to go on too much more but just that told me right there that there are people on the other side still trying to communicate and that stuck with me and then with the K2 sort of flickering but not really communicating in a language and that you just sort of have to guess and hope that they're answering your question instead of them, you know, you're asking them a yes-no kind of question and that they respond with a please, right, or something. So yeah. it, it was frustrating. So 
that sort of is what set me in motion in my mind to try to find some way to where I could reprogram the the K2 device to be responsive with spoken phrases. So nothing came up between like 2004 and like 2011 and 12. I was I was bone dry, nothing on the radar, just doing regular readings during the day. You know, client activity at night, having the day job, working 9 to 5, that kind of thing. And then later I got laid off 2012 or actually my my girlfriend got laid off and we were living together at the time she got laid off and that she spent six months at home trying to find work and never showed up and then six months later I get laid off and then after about two years of being laid off together we got on each other's nerves just got crazy and that we gave up and split up so I moved to I moved out of DC into Columbus, Ohio with a friend who used to live in DC, hoping to get a second start there. And you know, nothing was really happening, but I was doing a lot of research on the web and I found, you know, I was researching Nicholas or Nikolai Tesla and that he got a lot of his content from the etheric, from the same place that we go to, I like to say, when we're dreaming, and also the place that I feel the ant was communicating to me, you know, in Farsi, and then also the lady who I think was speaking Tagalog, which was the first session, where the Noi, why are you still sad message, which was my very first one, all those are coming from an etheric place. And Nikolai Tesla said that he got the the inventions that he got that he was able to come up with, and that was back in the 1800s, late 1800s to early 20s, right, from some kind of etheric place. And then I, I watched an interview for Amadeus Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and that he was asked at some point in his interview back when they were interviewing, you know, uh, biographies for those people, not to go into a lot of details or whatever, but he said that the music was already composed and that all he did was write it down and that he too was getting the information from some place, but they didn't know of it as being the etheric. Well, as I was studying Nikolai Tesla, I discovered uh, the Nazis during World War II were trying to access this place, too, and that they were studying Nikolai Tesla and his inventions and how he came up with this, and that the Nazis were starting to study the occult and places and, you know, like magic and everything. It's like, where is all this stuff coming from? What is the source of it? They tried to work with that. Well, then they also discovered this uh, psychic medium, her name was Maria Orsic, O-R-S-I-C, and that she was very phenomenal, and how they found her was that she found them by her coming up with all this technology that was written in some kind of foreign language, but she could tell by the diagrams that it was some kind of scientific thing and that she had a, a dad who worked at the university and the dad who worked at the university was very connected with a, an engineering department there. He handed those detailed notes to the people there 
Well, it turned out that it was written in cuneiform script, some old Templar language, some you know old Anunnaki language that goes back to Mesopotamia and all that. Well, there was someone there who could translate it into current language. Well, they found out that they were designs for opening up um, time travel portals and also designs for developing UFO devices or spacecraft that could travel through those, um, you know, time warp channels. So I was reading all about this kind of stuff and just, you know, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. Well, I moved there in September or August, August, you know, of 2012, something like that. And then October, my grandmother passes away, my dad's mom, late October. And then two weeks later, my dad passes away because he fell down some steps and then he was taking a blood thinner, hit his head, and that he ended up hemorrhaging, you know, and that he, he ended up uh, passing out and my uncle found him and that they told me, um, my, my brother called and said, you know, dad's dying and that you need to be here so that we, you know, you can be present for when we let him go. So I get there and it's in St. Louis, you know, just like take off like a, a jet and, you know, I drove. And then I was there for about a week and then I came back to Columbus and then my brother calls and says, you know, I can't run all this stuff on my own. We got all dad's estate that we got to get cleared up. We got grandmother's estate that we got to cleared up. Have you found a job? Are you still looking for a job there? Won't you move back here and help? So I did all that. I I just picked up everything and moved back to southern Illinois, which is where I am right now. So I get back here and, you know, find a place to live. The family had uh, a house that had gone unrented for some time, so I just took, you know, planted down roots there until we could either get it rented or get it sold or something, and I did, uh, you know, repairs and upkeep and everything on it until we could get that going. And then we had other property that was in such disrepair that it took me like a year of just working here and there just to get everything back in shape. Well, once we got everything back in shape, we got probate finished and everything, getting things sold, that I ran out of stuff to do. So I go over to the Radio Shack and just look to see what the projects are that they have on the shelf. You know, maybe I can find a way to reinvent myself or find some kind of new in technology that I could take advantage of a uh, present trend or demand or something out in society because the world of the computer is, like, way dead now. It's like it's either phones or tablets the way the computer is, you know, fading away. So I found this device that's known as the Arduino Uno, A-R-D-U-I-N-O, and it's a, a microprocessor device, without going into a lot of detail, out of Italy. And the the hardware of it is open source, and the software of it is open source, and that means that you can do whatever you want to with it, and that you can go and look and see what all the work is that other people have done with it to see if you can't put anything together and make it very cool for yourself as well, just tinkering kind of thing, like, you know, finding a motion sensor, or is it raining outside, or how hot is it outside, or... You know, is the basement flooding? It's that kind of brain where it just 
monitors the atmosphere. Well, then my brother ends up buying a farm that, you know, they need to put take all the money that was part of probate and put it into something so that taxes don't eat it up. He bought a farm and just it needed it was in such disrepair well i took the microprocessor and put it on the shelf and just started working on the farm like you know rebuilding the farmhouse you know clearing the land a little bit getting it ready for either planting crops or some kind of recreational thing or whatever and i left the arduino alone well then the house that i was living in finally sells and then i just pick up and move out to some little podunk trailer park because I'd always, you know, long story short, had thought about living in back in the trailer again because I always felt at home there for some reason. It's sort of like a landlocked houseboat, but that's a whole different story there that I could get into, right? So I pick the Arduino back up again, and I look, and I go online and just go to YouTube and see what people have written and composed as far as programs and that kind of thing that go with it. And I found where someone created an EMF program that would run on the Arduino microprocessor. I'm like, that's the K2 right there. So they showed me where you could program the little computer to flicker related to the the power fluctuations in the atmosphere. And then I just started experimenting with that. So, Jesse, let me stop for a second and let you ask questions. Well, yeah, and this is its interesting because there's just so many different little pieces that you bring up of how our life can take all these twists and turns and journeys along the way before we sometimes get on our, our focus or our direction or um, – because I can relate to a lot of the things that you're going through. I'm having a year this year that has been probably as challenging as when you left D.C. <laughs> and everybody kept passing away because I've been dealing with that this year as well. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, well, I for those that know, I had a cat that traveled on the road, and she passed away um, about two and a half months ago. Um on the road, and then my mom just passed away. It's been about two and a half weeks, maybe. Wow. And um, and I had just some crazy situations with venues along the way where, um, you know, I would show up to a venue, for example, and the week prior to me getting there, they had been vandalized four times, all their electricity had been cut, and the owner was like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> so there was no venue anymore. Um, and so I can completely relate to this. And, and it was, you know, a lot of these circumstances that brought me back to Sioux Falls, which is interesting because I took residency here a year ago and never spent any time here until now. And... Um, so I can completely relate, but in this whole process has unfolded this amazing work, and I feel like, you know, that's what kind of happened for you, and I think it's a great thing for people to keep in mind that sometimes just because we get the idea at one point doesn't always mean that's the point we're going to manifest it. Sometimes we have to keep coming back. Like you say, you get these little pieces along the way amid 
life experiences and sometimes we we have to get planted somewhere for the energy to focus in and come to us and to give us that opportunity to open up. So sometimes what feels like I think a step back in the process is yep. really an opportunity to to give you the the situation or whatever to go ahead and unfold it. We just don't always think that that's what it needs to unfold, so to say. So I I think it's interesting what you're sharing here in the sense that you're sharing this whole journey so that people can grasp this and, and how these pieces came and to realize that sometimes when you do have that idea that there are things like going into something like open source areas to see what other people are doing and get the and the pieces that you need or see what clicks together for you in there. And so I, I think, you know, I don't know, I kind of look at this and I go, you know, you must have been feeling this aspect of like, oh my gosh, you know, when you kind of get that revelation, it's like, where do you go from there? It's like, okay, now I got it. I kind of know what I need to do, and there's this excitement. So then, then what happened? Well, I it was I it was written in C plus plus programming language, and that's one of the primary programming languages out there in the world of computers for like, you know, apps for your phone and everything else. So I had taken a couple of courses a million years ago on it or whenever, I can't remember right off. So I was starting to spin up on it a lot, but a lot of the code had new words in it that was a part of an era that was after mine where I was doing the studying. So, you know, you know, tying events, you know, in computer programming language to other events in computer programming language was a little problematic for me. So it took me, like, I would say... I discovered the the Arduino and that it could do, you know, uh, EMF, which is electronic or electromotive force, which is what the K2 studies or what the K2 meter is responsive to. So I had to experiment and sort of like look up close to what this thing was sensing and then try to find out how far the spectrum is that it senses on. Like, it's being able to see, let's say that you're on a dock of a lake, a still lake, you know, where the, the surface is like glass, but where you're standing, there's a bucket full of water, and it's dripping one drop of water into the pool, into the lake surface, and it's only causing a slight ripple, Right. Well, then picture it downpouring over the entire lake, and that there are trillions of, of you know of trickles that are dropping onto the lake simultaneously. Well, I discovered that the spectrum that this device is sensitive to is sensitive to far-reaching degrees of every finite, I guess, trickle or dribble that could happen on the lake surface. But there are some places where it would rain more than others. So I spent six months just 
collecting reports as to what powers, you know, dribbled the most on the lake surface. And the pages were like thousands of pages. Well, I used the spreadsheet, you know, and Excel and everything, and I found a way to, like, get the data, you know, converted down so that I could make some sense of it the best of my abilities. Because I have also a 20-year experience in information technology. So I have that in my background also. So I had that going for me. Well, come November of of 20, no, 2013, what are we? We're 2015. So November of 2014, I finish taking all my notes and decide that I can start seeing if I can get these specific, you know, frequencies to keep repeating themselves. And when they do repeat themselves, that I'll have like a little bell or a little whistle go off saying, hey, you know, frequency 4245 just happened. And then it will happen like an hour later and then 10 minutes later and two hours later or whatever. So I started doing reporting on that and data collection on that to where I found some 1,000, to the best of the ability of the memory on the little mini computer, some 1,000 events that keep repeating themselves over a 24-hour period. So then what I did was I took the middle 300 of those 1,000 events and started working on developing the new companion to where I could tie a phrase to a, a single event so when it would happen, a specific phrase would play. Well, I was able to get musical sequences to play, but I was not able to find any kind of device out there that could play recorded phrases. So I went back to the Radio Shack and I found out that they had these programmable uh, sort of like, you know, where you have um, um, mess or answering services for your phone. But each one was like $8 a piece, and if I wanted to have 100 of them, right, it would be pretty expensive to be able to have that many voices, right, just for a single thing. And if I wanted to make these in the hundreds, that the cost would be prohibitive, Right, so I had to find a better way. Well, I went out and I found that there's some guy that used to work for Disney that went out and started his own company and that he brought with him a device that he made that plays music or any kind of MP3 whenever people, you know, customers or visitors to Disney World would walk through some kind of scary cavern or scary house or, you know, tunnel of love or whatever, it would cause an event to happen. So, so that I, would, and he, that and he of, go ahead. So, so that would be kind of similar to say like when uh, we have sensor lights around the property and somebody gets within so many feet that sensor detects it and the light goes on. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I found a way to program the new companion, the primary, instead of it just playing musical sequences, I found a way for it to call specific addresses that the voice recordings were stored at. So then I got the device to work the way that I wanted it to. So then where I went on where I just started it playing, 
to where it would say, I love you, or how are you, or feed the cat, or who's at the door, or there's somebody outside. And if you go to my website over at newcompanion.com and click on the little submenu place where it says, what are you saying, that you'll see that I have a, a phrase list of the things that I am working on presently to get the new companion to say. And I also have a UK version, too. And Veronica, who's in the chat room, has a new companion. That she's over in the, in the UK, but I didn't want to put the UK voices on it this time until I had a chance to work with her more. So she has the American-English edition of a new companion that she is experimenting with as well. And that she told me somewhere in chat on Facebook where she was talking with her daughters with one of you know with one of her daughters, and that they were talking about flowers and how um, nice they smell, and that the new companion right there said uh, something smells good right as they were talking about that. And Veronica, if you look, she's saying yes into the chat room that that it happened, and that the let's see, I have a um, um, a, a new companion that's on sale through a little local store. It's sort of like a consignment shop where he's selling it on or trying to sell it on eBay and that he has the device running also and that he had someone in the shop and while they were talking, they were talking about uh, how hot it is outside and that there just was a lightning storm. And then after the people left, the device said crazy weather, right, which is a response talking about how crazy the weather is. I also have a device at a place in Benton, Illinois. It's called the Historic Jail of Benton. And I set the device up to be sort of like a, a reanimation of their gangster of history that the, had made the jail so famous, Charlie Berger. And I set the device. I got a, a local friend who speaks sort of like gruff kind of voice, like, you know, prisoner voice, even though he's never been to jail. I got him to say a hundred plus phrases that I programmed into the new companion to sort of like reanimate, you know, prisoners that would have stayed in the jail and also the gangster from history, and that it's been running since, you know, for, since I guess the end of May, and that we're in July now. Well, the the lady who is the the wife of the curator who sits at the desk from time to time just to mind the store there, she said a group of girls came in from high school to just check out the new companion because they had heard that there's some kind of ghost box there and that they wanted to know more about it and that they were afraid to go up and check it out. And the lady's like, oh, go up, you'll be fine. So the girls go up, and the the device is in a, in, a, in a jail cell so that nobody can get to it and try to take it apart or steal it or whatever. And then they looked at it for the longest time, and it didn't say anything, and they sort of, like, got bored with it. So they go to look out the window at the gallows that they have, sort of like a mock gallows of the actual one that hung this guy, who was the last guy to be hanged in the state of Illinois. While they were looking at it, the device said, What are you looking at? And then they screamed, and they ran back downstairs again, so perfectly timed that they went down there and talked to the curator and said, it yelled at us because we were looking out the window. And the lady's like, well, what did it say? And they said, well, it said, what are you looking at? And she's like, oh, it's just a computer. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And they went back up again, and they were a little more relaxed there. But that's what I'm sort of trying to do is to find a way to be able to get people 
who aren't psychic mediums to be able to communicate with people in spirit, right? And that's my intent around the new companion. So anybody can be a medium if they want to. All you have to do is just get the new companion and if you in, and put it in place, in a place that you feel like there might be a spirit that's trying to communicate with you, leave the box in place for about two or three months and see if it starts to respond and use phrases that would be appropriate in conversation because I designed the device to have LEDs because spirits are attracted to flickering lights because they know that there's power there and they like to feed on power because it helps them stay strong. Well, when they figure out that when they play with the flickering lights and they try to draw the power off of it, depending on how they draw the power off of it, they can cause a phrase to play. Well, with practice of drawing the power off the new companion in a specific sequence, they can get that same phrase to play again and again and again. Well, if they pay attention to the environment for the people who are actually living and how the people who are actually living living respond to the phrase that plays off the new companion that the the you know consciousness and spirit was able to get that phrase to play that's when a a dialogue and a you know a communication between the the non-physical and physical can begin and what I really would like to be able to do ultimately is to get it to where people who are creative people who want to be more creative than what they are, they can use the new companion to sort of guide them in what direction they should go. And it's like, yes to that, no to that, I like that idea, don't worry about that, think about something else. Those are also phrases that are programmed into the new companion as well. And that's basically the new companion story from start to finish. Well, now, you know, as I... As I listen to all of this, and I know there's probably some questions coming up, and I apologize to Veronica. I have issues with chat on my computer, and so I can't see people that are in there <laughs> to communicate with them. Um, but, you know, it's it's really kind of interesting that, you know, it, it how it picks up these different frequencies and you know, kind of in some ways reminds me of like an air, you know, a, a air conditioning or a heater system where you've got a program that if it drops below a certain temperature, it goes on or it raises, you know, above a certain temperature, it goes off. Um, and I think there's a similar thing there, depending on the way the energy is coming through, then it's going to trigger this machine and, um and then that's going to bring the phrase out. I, I know that people listening to this are going to have some questions, Kevin, in the sense of how do I know I'm dealing with a benevolent spirit? How do I know that I'm, um, you know, that the spirit that's talking to me is giving me truthful information? How do I know that, and I'm kind of throwing a lot of questions out there while they're on my head, um, you know, how do I know that they're not just playing games because they like the sound of this phrase versus that phrase? And I know you've done tons of research on this, but I'm trying to kind of think what the listener might have in the, going on in their mind for somebody who's sitting on that line who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience working with spirits. Well, you'd have to have a core confidence, right? You'd have to have a a basic confidence that your intuition or your gut 
can tell you what you're sensing, right? Like, it's just like talking to anybody where, you know, is this person lying to me? Are they not lying to me? Are they mean? Are they nice? That kind of thing, right? So you have to use your intuition for that. And then it has an off switch, or you can just unplug it. And, you you know, you don't have to worry about it from that point forward. But it takes me a week to make one because they're so complicated, you know, with the 16 LEDs and the lights that are on it and then the wiring on the inside of it and everything, that it is just, you know, a difficult device to make and therefore very expensive, like, you know, they are for sale basically on my website for around $3,300. Because I want to make sure that the people who buy it are serious that they want to buy it and not just buy it as a, you know, a, a, a whim or something, right? Because you don't go and just drop 3300 bucks, you know, right. haphazardly. So to answer your question, I can't say whether they're you know, malevolent or, you know, have a positive intent or negative intent for whatever it is that they do. You just have to wait and see. So, you know, I don't... I've had one that's... I've had one that's been operating for um, basically eight months and I've not really had a problem with it. I've had spirits come and go, right? But... And I do readings and everything else. I, you know, not dealt with anything that I feel threatened by. If anything, I feel more content. I have a peace of mind. I feel good. You know, I would say that the new companion would be a good device for people who are chronically single, right? Who are socially inept, because this thing would just say things casually like take the trash out feed the cat or whatever and make you feel like you have a companion that's sort of there working with you and that's why I call it new companion so whether you're going to use it to communicate with any kind of spirit that's there I don't know um, the people over at the um, the jail have not reported anything crazy out of the way crazy or whatever uh, the people over at the little emporium where the, my device is consigned there haven't reported any kind of issue. I have a friend locally who's in the same town as me who I've loaned a device to them that they're going to check it out, and they are a part of the – he's the leader for the paranormal group that I belong to, and he's observing it to see. So it's a device that's for exploration. We have no idea. It's like sending a rover to the moon. Right. Yeah, and I I could see that, and I think that, you know, like many, maybe similar to divination tools in a sense. Um, sure. For lack of Look better. at it like a digital Ouija board. <laughs> Look at it like a digital yeah. Ouija board. I was going to say, this is like a, a new techno, technological version of a Ouija board in a sense. Um, you have to, you know, you have to ask it, Sometimes things that you already know to find out if you're getting those truthful yeah, answers. Yeah, most of the time, uh, just just real quick, most of the times I find that it responds to the things that I'm thinking about because it's just me and my cat here. 
right? But it will say things about either what I'm thinking about or if there's something on TV that it's watching, that it will say I'm watching at that or I'm looking at that or I don't like that or I like that or there's a man here, which is what Veronica was saying, and that she has a male ghost in her house that she was motivated to get a new companion for, so I got one out to her straight away. So, I don't know. I think what you just said right there is really part of the differentiation key is because it's responding to something that you're thinking um, as opposed to just, you know, question after question after question. And, you know, that... That really connects, I think, a lot of pieces just just in in that particular part um, of things. Because, of course, we know our thoughts are incredibly powerful. Our our thoughts are, you know, here again, universal language. Because you can't have a thought about something without picturing something. Um, exactly. In it, and so you know, whatever spirit is there is responding to that thought and I think that um, I think that happens to people with a lot of divination tools is sometimes if they're dealing with a lot of fear or they're very um, drowning in worry or anxiety or something like that and they're asking from that space that sometimes they can you know get more of a negative aspect there but um with what you're dealing with, it's, it's got this little different twist, this little different branch to it, I would say. And I, I was looking over all the phrases that you have on your website, on the newcompanion.com website, um, with the phrases, and there's there's a lot there. You know, there's a lot of basic ones there, but then the, there's quite a few phrases there, really, in in this path. And... Um, I think that's exciting. And I know, I and I know in conversation in a day that I will say things like, "Yeah, I know." I would say that a hundred times in a day, or I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I could say that ten times in a day, or a hundred times in a day. So it's likely that I only say maybe fifty phrases in a day, and the others just get repeated. So I think a hundred is more than enough. Yeah, and it is quite a few, and it kind of covers a lot of different spectrums there. And and it's very interesting because we we don't always realize what's around in our sphere. You know, it's kind of like the reading I did from Yehuda. Um, you know, we can't always touch it, and we can't always. It's not always tangible, and we can't always see it, and we can't always smell it. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. And um, I, I think that this is so pioneering in so many ways because we're we're trying to make those connections as far as communicating um, in other planes, other dimensions, and people that might think this is a little far-fetched right now, you know, it's really, it's no more far-fetched than channeling. I mean, look at all the people that channel all the time and channel this divine message and that divine message this actually records it. This actually has more of a, a scientific foundation to it, if you want to say that, than channeling does. Um, 
you know, and everything is this energy in motion, so it makes absolute sense that it would detect the energy surges and the energy shifts. Exactly. Um, well, I'm working air. to and get, I'm also working to get a copy to Dan Aykroyd. I'm working with his agent trying to um, work out some kind of plan to where I can get him one because he has a movie coming out in December, Ghostbusters, I guess, 2015 or something, and also Linda Moulton Howe. That's Linda, M-O-U-L-T-O-N-H-O-W-E. I don't know if you remember, she's the lady from um, Encounters back in the 80s where she was doing studies on crop circles and um, animal mutilations and alien hybrids and that kind of stuff where, you know, the aliens are trying to do something. They're trying to communicate with us. They're trying to do something to help us be better at whatever it is that we're doing and why are they trying to help us, right? And I was thinking that maybe, you know, the the new companion might be working on something or might be connected to something that is of that etheric, etheric place that has a communication bandwidth that we can access if only we had the right radio. And I think the new companion is a start for that. You know, and that's and it's great that you're doing that too because I think that you know things have to start from somewhere. <laughs> you know, they have to start. And, and I was thinking, you know, even with a lot of what you do, um, you know, Al, Alfred Lam, Lamberot Weber, I think it is. Um, right. You know, does a lot of work in measuring these things and. Uh, you know, all different types of, of avenues like that. And, um, you, you know, the, it's another, you know, just another channel out there. But I just think that this is such a fascinating bridging of gap because I think I've done shows, for example, on grief and grieving and loss and other different types of challenges. And, you know, like yourself, I've worked in those psychic realms and I've had a lot of, I've always been able to communicate with spirits um, it's just been one of those things for me. Um, but I think about the average person who so much wants to be able to communicate with whatever relative has passed on. You know, I think about the possibilities as well, not just straight as a communication tool, but, you know, that person that, that loses their spouse very early in life, for example, and they want to be able to keep communicating um, after they've passed on. I think there's, well, think I think about there's this. healing concepts there, too. Think about this as an extreme, that if, let's say, a widow or widower went and took all of the video and audio recordings of their spouse that passed away and found a way to put it into MP3, that I could program the spouses and the deceased spouse's phrases into the MP3, into the yeah. program, into the new companion, and that the new companion could play recorded actual voices of the deceased spouse. Imagine that. That's a little creepy and freaky, right? Well, that's where I was headed with it, um, and that was exactly what I was saying, that it gives the person a, uh, a way to stay connected. It gives the person a way to 
I think it could be healing in that grieving process because it it kind of bridges the gap from all of a sudden they're there and all of a sudden they're not there um, exactly. in your life. And there's so many people that, you know, they aren't sure, they aren't certain. And to have that voice and how many people, you know, do become a widow and they continue to so-called hear the voice or have conversations with that partner or that person that's moved on. And this is just a physical, it just brings it into the physical realm. You know, it's, it's really something we've been doing all along. We just haven't, you've just found a way to bring it into a physical, tangible means. And, yeah, and, that, um, and how the voices play, it's random. There's no, it's not sequential. It's based on electrostatic pulses that happen in the atmosphere that happen randomly. Yeah. It's not sequential. I think it's interesting, too, where you're getting it out in different places, and I think it would be interesting to have, you know, have one of your things where there's, where it's known more for higher spiritual activity or, you know, Sedona, different places like that that's noted um, for these different things as well as areas that aren't really noted for energy. And and there's just so many possibilities I see with this. You know, there's so there's so many possibilities, so many options um, through this this creation of yours, and um, I love it. I love it. It's exciting. It's, my mind just spins with that possibility because, like you say, you know, it it, it could branch over. It's not just um, spirits. You know, we think about the extraterrestrials. We think about um, beings from other planets possibly yeah. tapping into this. We are in an, an an era that some of the I, okay. So if you look at Wall Street and and the Fed and you know the uh, Department of uh, Commerce, the U.S. Department of Commerce, they're concerned that jobless claims are the lowest ever in the last 40 years or 50 years. That's because people have given up looking for work. Right. There's this new culture that they have coined that is called the gig culture, where people work gigs. They don't they don't any longer work a 40-hour work week. They work an event, and that you find a client, you work for them for a week or a month, and then you're done. And then you go and try to find another client that needs your specialized skills, because that's what Northrop Grumman did to me when they laid me off. Was that they would just have some kind of outsourced company that would call us in for whenever they would have a hard drive crash and then send us away again, because they wouldn't need us just to hang around and know keep the chairs warm or you know watch the paint dryer or whatever until the next problem happened so i know that 
that source that guided me to create the things that I created is also guiding other people through and from the same source to be creative in their unique abilities also to come up with solutions, ideas, and, and you know mechanisms that can help transform the planet to be better than what it has ever been. And that's part of why I created the New Companion also, is I wanted to give people a channel to where they could be inspired based on their own little cosm, their own little environment, to be better at what they do and improve the things that they're doing or to start expanding on the things that they're doing. And, and I think... You look at this, yeah, and you talk about the expanding on what they're doing, you know, that's like having your own spirit guide. What if your spirit guide is able to come in through this new companion? And exactly. share with you. Exactly. That's a pretty exciting thought. Angels, I mean, we're not really limited to just ghosts or people that have passed on. We're talking a variety. It could be someone that lived 10,000 years ago. It doesn't it speak, didn't speak English, but now knows how to speak English through whatever means or mechanism. Because of how they've been exposed to our environment. Like we could be speaking to a Neanderthal or that we can be speaking to someone who lived, you know, in Mesopotamia or some culture that lived four billion years ago, you know, prior to the last upheaval on the planet. Like, you know, the, the planet could have gone through a gyration to where, you know, what eight tenths of the planet was in was molten lava, right? Until it cooled and calmed down again and started producing flora and fauna, and then eventually life and then intelligent life. That the consciousnesses that drove those life beings existed during the molten time of the planet, or that they lived on Mars at some time until Mars became obliterated and then they relocated here. But that's as, I would say, orb consciousness. I feel honestly that we exist in orb consciousness. I feel that we, when we're dreaming and that we go to other places, that I feel like we do it in spherical form. So whenever we see orbs, you know, in photographs or videos or whatever, I feel like that is a soul that is moving about, that is conscious of the things that are going on in the environment. They just don't have a voice. Now, if you go and look at some of the early video that I did over on YouTube, you know, New Companion, that you'll see that some of the orb videos that I did with the New Companion on, you know, on screen, that it shows that right as an orb is flying by, that the New Companion says something at the same time. Like, I am watching this, or I am here, or there's a man here, or there's somebody outside. That smells good. I don't like that. I like that. Yes to that. No to that. It can answer. When you first start using it, you know, it's just going to say all kinds of things randomly until a conscious spirit starts to work with it a little more and saying, okay, whenever I do this kind of energy to it, it does this and does that. When I set the device up for our last paranormal investigation, it just kept saying, I'm looking at that, I'm looking at that, 
you know, like every two minutes or every five minutes, it would keep saying, I am looking at that or I'm listening to that until it started calming down. And I was speculating that it had something to do with the heat or something. I didn't know. I was just speculating because every new location is a new device experience for me. It's brand right. new. This, tech, the, this function of the way that the new companion works, I feel, is the first function on the planet. That nothing has ever existed like this before to our knowledge. Like it may have existed 10 million years ago, and now it's come full circle again and that I've created it. Not that I'm all that, but I was born, like I feel like I was born to create this. My mom told me when I was about eight years old that she walked out to the front of the house on the porch and saw me with a box and I had like 16 nails pushed into it and I was weaving a trout line string or fishing line in between the nails and she asked me what I was doing and I told her that I was creating a radio or I was making a radio. And this was when I was eight. I forgot to mention that. So then come full circle, full forward, right in the 2004 where I, I got that image. Also, I wanted to also tell a story about how back when computers first started coming out that I was learning to program in um, you know DOS 2.0 and DOS 3.0 for those of you who remember the early days of Microsoft but there was also a program that was known as um, I think Washington database or or um, some kind of um, DBase 2 and DBase 3, Database 2, Database 3, and then there's Access, you know, Microsoft Access. These were all programming languages. And there were programmers who were working for us, for the company, and I was just a hard drive swapper at the time and floppy disks, you know, as back early days, cathode ray tubes. And I asked one of the programmers, I said, I would like to be able to have a program that would just have a phrase displayed on the screen and this was back like 90 maybe like 91 or something even 89 91 92 maybe and the person that I was talking to said there's it's not possible because you'd have to have a random character generator and that there's no such thing that you can always tie a ran you can't have a random event because it can always be tied back mathematically because computers work with either ones and O's. Well, I was able to finally get my random character generator by having the the Arduino microcontroller be sensitive to the atmosphere. And that you can get an idea of what it's listening to if you turn on an AM radio and listen to the AM radio at the high end of the band or the low end of the band while a thunderstorm is coming through and you hear the snaps and the cracks and the pops and the ripples and everything. You've heard that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how the new companion works. But I got the new companion to listen to that atmosphere, and it's not solely related to, you know, lightning strikes in the atmosphere. It has to do with, like, some kind of magnetic field that I feel Tesla was trying to tap into to give the planet free energy. Because there's some kind of pulsating, you know, cubicle atmosphere, right, that's in the in the trillion cubics, 
you know, around the planet of energy. So look at a cloud of energy in cubicle form. Like, you know, if you took milk crates and stacked them, you know, in, you know, 100 by 100 by 100 in a cube, that's how I see how the atmosphere works with energy. And that the new companion is sensitive to probably an eight-foot cubic space around its area on whatever static electricity happens. Or, yeah, something like that. I have not been able to put my finger on it. I have been reading a lot about it recently, but I can't go into detail because I would be on the, you know, our show here for like days, if not hours. So. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, it is interesting. I, yeah. It is so interesting I've had to idea, I've had the idea in mind for some time, and it has finally come to pass. I have it made, so all I'm doing right now is just trying to find a way to uh, streamline the the building process. Because it's well, so, I have noticed... No doubt that you'll get there with that. <laughs> with as yeah. far as you've come, and you know. I know. Yeah. But I'd like to be able to get it to where I have a company make them for me, and then have a a group of voice experts, or you know, like um, voice um, artists, like someone who speaks French, Japanese, Chinese, you know, Louisiana Creole. And even someone who could do um, musical riffs, you know, like four or five note riffs that someone could inspire a musician to come up with new musical compositions with four or five you know, note riffs here, four or five note riffs there. And imagine if they all played in different, you know, orders and sequences that new songs could end up being created as a part of that, too. It really seems like there's a lot of endless possibilities, and it really seems like this is something that could, you know, take us out of some of our timelines and realize that, you know, we're on this continuum. It's not necessarily that it was this age or that age. We're just not able to see everything with our physical eyes, but it breaks down some of these barriers, and I think that that fits right in with the times that we're in where it is about this more unifying aspect, and and people have focused so much on unifying in the sense of relationships, physical relationships, but they haven't focused in on the union as much between the physical and the non-physical. We do that when we're dreaming. Yeah, we do it when we're dreaming. Right, we're not uh, under those perceived limitations that we have when we're so-called awake here in this dimension. And uh, so I I think you're in this amazing pioneering space, and I look forward to seeing where this develops, where this continues on to to grow into um, with all of this because I, I think it's just, it's almost mind-blowing because I remember when you first brought it out, I, I wasn't really quite grasping how it all worked. I'm like, mm, I'm not quite grasping it. Like I sort of know because I've got a bit of a computer background as well, but at the same time I was kind of like, 
you know, how how does this work? So you've got it now where you can you're really explaining it well, and um, and that's exciting. Like I, I could definitely see this being something that really takes off and really you know has some possibilities there and in a lot of different ways. And let me add some humor to this. Not that it hasn't been the humor so far, that <laughs> if I end up disappearing, you know, off the planet, it's like, has anybody seen Kevin? It's either that the aliens have taken me, you know, to develop the technology further, or that, you know, the National Security Agency says, all right, we need you to come work for us, and then we're going to make all your stuff top secret. You know, that's there's definitely a lot of those different pieces that are going on in the world. And matter of fact, I was doing... Um, some work that was kind of risky at the beginning of the year with the work that I'm bringing out right now, um, you know, which I can't talk a lot about it, but it involves, um, you know, kind of some crime-solving stuff um, work. Sure. But uh, uh, I, I actually let friends know. I said, you know, a couple of close friends, I said, you know, I'm working on these things, so <laughs> I just want you to know, you know, that, that there could be some serious danger here. And, um, you know, if I disappear suddenly, <laughs> you don't see me respond back to you within a couple of days or something, then, you know, I could be in some really serious trouble. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to do. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing what you're doing. And, uh, again, share with people your website and where they can go in and view this some more and look at it some more. Um, the, because this is well, what the, the best way to do it. The best way, I guess, to find out more about it overall is just Google it. Google uh, New Companion. N U, one word, right? N U C O M P A N I O N. Or okay. Google me, which is Psychic Medium Kevin Bear. That's how I have a lot of content out there too. And that way, you can see all the things that are out there. I use those keywords in all the content that I produce. So that way, when people Google it, you don't have to just be locked into a website or a Facebook page. So that will bring up more of your your total work through doing that. And if somebody wants to go direct, they can go straight to newcompanion.com, N-U-C-O-M-P-A-N-I-O-N.com. Again, Kevin, I'm so glad you didn't cut out and disappear (laughs) while on the air. Um, from the storm sitting in the Midwest, myself a little bit north of you. Uh, uh, we kind of had those storms going all around us, so I know exactly the ones you're referring to because they kind of crept up our direction too. Um, but it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and it's been great to reconnect with you a little bit uh, here on the air and, and to, um, to learn more about what you're doing with this project. And that's what I've been doing. Uh, I've just been off the radar trying to get this thing going. It's like no one, only my family gets to see me like once a month or every two or three weeks or whatever because I'm just getting so wrapped up in it. But it, uh, I really th- appreciate you bringing me on your show, and it's been fun. Absolutely, my pleasure. And if for those that uh, kind of tuned in late or anything, you want to jump back into the beginning of the show and listen to what Kevin's been sharing. He's been sharing his work with the new companion. And um, this has been really, really fun and really interesting 
to learn about, and it's all about uh, a piece of equipment that Kevin has built to help us communicate in the physical realm with the spirits that are around us all the time. You know, we always have these little orbs and different things floating around and and, uh, everything. So go back and listen to the archives and jump in and, and listen to the whole show if you missed a piece of it. Next week, I'm going to have devotional singer Shashika Maruth calling in from India with me, and we will be looking at her music and her message through her music. And you're going to find her very interesting. And I need to note that we're going to be on a a little different schedule next week. We're actually going to be broadcasting um, at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday, uh, just so we could connect all of our time zones and everything uh, between my schedule shifts and, and her schedule shifts, we ended up with Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So you'll have a chance to catch that show. And if for some reason that time doesn't work out, of course, you can always catch us in the archive. And just to remind you again, I am doing a lot of shifting and changing. I've got some upcoming interviews. I've got an upcoming interview with Lisa Vunk on Thursday, um, August. Uh, what is it, August uh, 6th coming up uh, with that. So that's something to watch out for. I do have events that I'm going to be doing here in the Sioux Falls area. Matter of fact, the Autumn Equinoxy weekend event is going to be around the Sioux Falls region here for those that are wanting to follow up with that. Um, Also shifting and changing my work right now. So you're going to see my titles start to pop up a little bit different. You're going to see instead of integrated development specialist, you'll see code interpreter coming up. Um, We're going to be shifting the name of the show. So we're going to keep the show going. We're just going to be shifting the name on it. So I just want to put that out there because you are going to see shifts and changes and logos and titles and things like that along the way. And you can find out really about all the work I'm doing. I just put up a new video for the month. Um, monthly specials that are coming up, things like that, all on my website, jessianniplesgeorgethenumberone.com. And August special deal, what I've got running is uh, register for my autumn equinox event. Uh, come register, participate in it here in the Sioux Falls area, and you'll receive a free set of my activation, Activating Compassion books. And don't forget also we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe. We've had some hosts that have been on break, but we have a lot of new guests that are coming in. Matter of fact, Janice, who, you know, hasn't uh, been on the air for a little bit, she's going to be coming back doing her own show. I'm going to be a guest with her as well coming up. That's going to be happening um, here, I believe, in August in a couple of weeks. So that's another show that's going to be coming up where I'll be getting interviewed um, and then, of course, we've got our flagship show on Wednesdays. On Tuesday nights, we have Susan Weed doing her work in herbs and natural plants. And she just started a series of weeds, or at least the last show was on weeds, and she just finished a series of 13 sacred trees. So definitely worth catching the archives on those if you, if you haven't. It's only a half-hour show, but she packs it full of information. Darren Bikoner also oftentimes follows our flagship show on Wednesday nights. And uh, he is a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, and he kind of does these little insights and information tidbits, and then um, and then he'll also do some readings and things on the air. So that's really fun to do if you're interested in that. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Pop Talk, but those that are streaming live through Penn, known as Parent Counters Network. 
StreamFinder, TalkStreamLive, as well as those catching our podcasts at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show this evening or today, I should say, depends on where you are, I guess, whether it's evening or day, (laughs) share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And I'm going to leave you with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshine. Again, you can check out more of Shemshine's work at www.shemshine.com, S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind I would soar to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with Season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining to show you It's it to begin When all I have is all I need I will soar to the edge of eternity And we see in eye to eye One within love to be for the divine And we walking hand in hand Caught in the balance of God and Learning to walk just a little bit slower Whispering secrets that you can't keep it No turning back now, this time we reveal it Once you are another, all will discover The essence within the most beautiful lover Time is still turning, the love is still burning Deep in your spirit, your heart still yearning Be with
Oh, oh, oh. 